God is great. He deserves our praise no matter what is going on in our lives. He doesn't change. He's still the same. Amen. As we give him praise. Amen. As we are standing, we can go to the book of Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14. Uh, it's been our, our text for this series, uh, The Sword of Separation. And follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Amen. We all want to see the Lord. Amen. So we have to have uh, follow peace and follow after holiness because God is holy. Amen. And we need to uh, live a holy life. Amen. Turn to a few people. Greet them as you're seated this evening. Amen. We've been talking about um, separation um, from this world and from every part of the world as best as we can. And uh, that is the one thing, uh, one of the many things that identifies a child of God from other people is a life of separation. Separation from this nation, from this world from its customs and societal norms, and from its lifestyle and looks, uh, whatever is uh, uh, projected out in the world as, as normal or this is the way things are, uh, a child of God uh, should take note and, and figure out somehow uh, that shouldn't apply to us uh, because we are different. We are God's people. We are not the people of this world. Um, and so if God is going to call someone out from the world and call them out to separate themselves for, for his glory, and that's really what the, the, the main reason is, is for his glory. We're separated for God's glory. We're not separated for uh, so that we can live a better life. It, 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 it happens through all of this, but the main reason is to give God glory. Uh, and so the, the cause of separation is uh, for God's glory. And if God is going to do that, and if he's going to place his name upon that person, uh, the one thing that they must do, and the one thing that they have to do, uh, there's no bargaining, there's no compromising, there's no negotiating in all of this. The one thing that we must do is to separate ourselves from this world and separate ourselves unto God so that he can receive us. Uh, and it's, so if we detach from this world, uh, he will draw uh, us to him. And uh, because separation is really the key characteristic of our calling is separating from this world. And, and separation means uh, I have really, I have no say in it. Uh, and a lot of times we want to have a say in it and, and all of this, especially when it comes to holiness standards and, and ways of living. We all have our opinions on things. 
but we have to uh, uh, separate ourselves and, and present ourselves a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. And so it doesn't say that we have a, a real say in it. It's making sure that we are acceptable in the God's eyes and thankfully, he has his word that provides a roadmap and guide uh, uh, guidelines uh, to help us uh, to live this called out life, separated life unto him. And so what it tells us is uh, really hinging on the New Testament uh, holiness scripture is that our body is now the temple of the Holy Ghost because it is inside of us now. And we, um, we are not our own. We are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And so now our, uh, if we want to be separated, if we want to be called a child of God, if we want to be called by his name, then we have to admit and surrender to the fact that we are not our own anymore. And that's what we've been talking about over these uh, past few weeks and lessons about how uh, we are to uh, give God glory with his body now because if we want, uh, the trade-off is salvation uh, really for your life and your body. Uh, we, uh, everybody wants salvation, but uh, the price tag of sur- complete surrender and uh, separating ourselves is, is a heavy price tag for uh, some people. But when you compare it to what you get from it, not just in this life, but in the life to come. It's really no comparison, is it? But we get caught up, people get caught up on the here and now, on this day, and, and what do we want to do today or where tomorrow, and, and how we want to present ourselves. And uh, what happens is we are shortchanging ourselves because we get, can get so narrow-minded and so narrowly focused on this that we're missing all of eternity. And how many people miss out on, on what is on the other side because of what is right in front of us. And that's really the, the, the sacrifice of it all. And it's really not much of a sacrifice when you really put them on the scales of what God is asking of us and what God is giving us in return. It's not even fair, as Paul says, it's not even worthy to be compared. And so... Um, that is uh, the, the being called out for the purpose of giving God glory. And uh, it is in all that we do in our lives. And so uh, God is, is giving us his spirit and therefore a part of uh, his glory is in us. And uh, it's manifesting through us in our life as we are told to be the salt and the light of this world. It is not our light that glows. It is God's glory that glows through us. And so God's glory is, uh, he's, he's putting it in the hands of you and I. Uh, we have this uh, uh, treasure in earthen vessels, the glory of God, the spirit of God uh, inside of us. And so God is sending his glory down here to earth. Um, the chosen resting place is... It has been in the uh, the Bible. It has been in the tabernacle, uh, on the mercy seat. The, the, there's a covering of angels covering over the the mercy seat and the glory of God. Uh, there is a veil also providing uh, protection and covering for the glory of God. And 
As we know, Israel really didn't guard it uh, with their lives. Uh, sure, they surely the, the the tabernacle was, you know, sacred to some degree, but it really. Uh, you could have stationed uh, a thousand guards, soldiers around it, and they still would have lost out uh, on the covering because it, 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 it comes back down to the individual person, their life. Uh, and if the entire nation is not living for God, it doesn't matter how many soldiers are guarding the tabernacle, God's glory is going to be removed uh, because the nation is there, they're not guarding it with their own life and with their own uh, bodies in their homes. And so um, there is the veil that was protecting it. Israel didn't guard it, and they left it uncovered with their actions, and so God removed his glory from uh, Jerusalem, from the temple, uh, and from Israel. And as we see, the glory of God came back to earth, uh, uh, veiled in flesh now this time, as Jesus Christ, God, uh, came uh, by himself in his own uh, image and glory, and so... Uh, the resting place of the glory of God is now is in Jesus, who is the head of, of Christ, is God, because uh, he is watching over uh, his glory. And so since the glory of God isn't being transferred elsewhere, it was all there in Christ. The fullness of the Godhead was in bodily in Jesus. And so uh, God was guarding over it and protecting it and uh uh, the veil that was covering it was uh, a sinless lifestyle, innocence, as that is God. God is innocent and, and purity, and Jesus was sinless, and that lifestyle was guarding the glory inside. And uh, how, how often does Scripture tell us that the angels came and ministered to Jesus? I mean, that's the glory of God is there. When, and when angels are ministering, there's the glories right there. Uh, and so many times Jesus was, was ministered to by the angels because that is where the glory of God is. And there's a covering, there's covering of angels and, and covering of God's uh, hand um, upon it. And so the, the tabernacle plan, uh, which is patterned after heaven, uh, uh, the example given to Moses. And so when Jesus died, the glory of God left the earth and kind of uh, uh, went up, and then it came back uh, a few days later. Uh, now it was came back into the church, into the body of Christ, as we are the body of Christ. And so the glory now is in the church, and so that means the church has a covering uh, to cover over the, the glory, to protect it, and that the church uh, has a head, which is the covering, Colossians 1 and 18, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. And so uh, Jesus is the head of the church. He's watching over the glory that now has been passed down into these earthen vessels of you and me and, and uh, our bodies. And so uh, if we are now a resting place of God's glory, and if his glory is here and inside of us because we have become the temple of the Holy Ghost, 
then that means you and I, we need to guard the glory that's inside of us. We need to cover it, we need to protect it, and we don't need to leave it uncovered. Otherwise, uh, the power and the glory of God will leave because it always needs a covering as we've seen in Scripture and uh, uh, testament of, of, of what has happened with Israel and uh, pictures and, and symbols in heaven. And so how does the church, how do we guard the glory of God? How do we cover it and how do we protect it? We do that by preaching and teaching the truth and the apostolic doctrine and by living a, a sinless and a holy lifestyle, pursuing after a holiness, just like Jesus did. Uh, and so we have to understand that holiness is, is not about us. It's about what's inside of us. And so, therefore, our opinions are out the window because it's not about us. It's about the Holy Ghost inside of us. And so we are called to a life of separation and to uh, follow after holiness because of what something is holy inside of us. And so the fight is not going to be with the head of the church. It's not going to be with Jesus. He's already demonstrated he's victorious. He's already won. And so the fight for the glory of God is, is not with Jesus. He's, he's already declared victory. And so the fight now is with the church, the resting place of the glory of God. The fight is with you and I. If the church can compromise on its covering, on its holiness standards, on its way of living, if the church will compromise on its doctrine, if it will compromise on its standards, then maybe the glory will depart because are we, are we standing our ground? Are we fighting uh, the good fight of faith? Are we fighting for holiness and righteousness and a, a righteous lifestyle? And if we're not willing to pull out the sword uh, of separation and fight for that, then, then is God God going to keep his glory here? That's the question. And, and again, as I've, I've seen in my life through uh, 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 pastors and stuff, again, I've said this many times in this series about once they leave uh, holiness standards, it's, it's a slippery slope. They're not the same years later. They think they can maintain and hold on to everything else except holiness standards. And, uh, but what happens is that you can't keep fighting anymore because you're not fighting with the, the sword of the spirit, with the word of God. You're not fighting for holiness. And so how can you keep a hold of everything else if you're letting this one of the most important things go is holiness? Because God is holy. And if we're not going to fight for holiness, then well, there's not really a fight, is there? Uh, and so, uh, so the fight is not with, with Jesus, the head of the church. The fight will be with the individuals uh, or the place where his glory is being kept and it is inside of each and every one of us. So we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And so um, Balaam could not curse Israel. He was hired to, to curse Israel. Because he knew how to get talk with God or hear from, at least hear from God. Didn't do him any good uh, just hearing from God. But he tried to curse Israel, but he could not because they were blessed. There was a covering there uh, of God's hand and, and their, their, their way of living. But what he did was he got them to compromise on their covering. 
and compromise on their fight for separation, their fight for holiness, and they no longer fought that anymore, that battle. And so what happens is they lost because they lost the fight and they lost the covering and they lost the hand of God and the favor of God because they weren't willing to fight for separation and holiness. And so the glory of God is now presently resting in the church and that means the battle to stand for and defend the glory of God comes down to you and I and how we live our lives. So the battleground of standards and separation is between uh, is down to you and I on an individual level and we make up the body. Uh, and so 2 Corinthians 4 and 6 says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Uh, And so it is, again, uh, we have this treasure inside of us, the Spirit of God. We have the glory inside of us. He has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. It is a purpose for our, us to shine is to give the light to the knowledge of the glory of God. Uh, and so therefore we become the light of the world. It's not our light and it's not our righteousness, but it's all God's doing and it's all for his glory. And so that's why we are to glorify God with our bodies because we have this Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit inside of us so now we are vessels of his glory the same glory of God that would strike somebody dead if they took one step out of place in the tabernacle in the old testament the same glory is inside of us the same powers inside of us obviously we're thankful that God is showing a little bit restraint Aren't you thankful for the grace of God that we, we, we just, he just, just doesn't drop us dead when we sin and mess up and make mistakes because that's the way he used to do things. And people try to, people like to take advantage of uh, that we're under grace now and so it doesn't all that really matter now. God is a God of love and grace. He is. But he's also a God of, of fierceness and, and anger Uh, against sin and unrighteousness and so you don't want to push God too far again rather rather build up a fence that is so far away from that from that drop deadline that you don't have to worry about it and that's what standards is keeping us uh, uh, in line with God and so uh, when people like to say that holiness is legalistic, that if you go to that church, uh, that uh, this is what you shouldn't wear, you shouldn't dress like the world, you shouldn't look like the world. Why? Because uh, we, uh, those people out there are not carrying around the precious Holy Ghost inside of them. It's you and I that have this precious spirit inside of us. They can live however they want to live. They can wear whatever they want to wear. But if you want the glory of God in you and to remain in you, then we are commanded to glorify God in our body and in our spirit, which are God's. Because our body is now the temple. And all that we do is for his name's sake, for his glory, So it's to protect it and to protect uh, the covering of the glory with our holiness living. 
And so what you wear doesn't bring, if what you wear doesn't bring God glory, then you're probably wearing it to bring yourself glory. There's two, two roads here. Either you're getting glory or God's getting glory. Uh, and our, our flesh wants the glory. That's why our flesh wars against the spirit. There are two different motives going on, two different roads. And, and, and so if we're, uh, if we're looking in the mirror too long, then we're probably uh, wearing it to get glory. Uh, but if uh, we're wearing it to get God's, give God glory and attention, then what, what, is it, what does it care that we look like, right? And so if our actions don't bring God glory, then we are doing them uh, then are we doing them for our own name's sake and our own desires as opposed to God's name? Because if we truly said this is for the glory of God, then maybe we would think twice about doing it or wearing it or, or going there or whatever it is. Uh, and so if we're unsure as to whether we should wear it or how we should act, you should look at uh, uh, uh my wife and me, we try to set an example, a standard to live by um, uh, that if, we, if we're not wearing it, we're not promoting it, then maybe there's a reason why. And I'm not trying to elevate ourselves, but we have to, we have to live it if we expect others to live it, right? Uh, and so um, I, I can't tell you how many outfits uh, my wife has returned uh, because... Uh, she always asked me, you know, what do you think of this? Is this too tight or is this, how does this look and all these things? And, uh, you know, uh, she returns some and she keeps some. Uh, so, again, uh, you know, it's, uh, that's, a, that's a common, uh, common conversation in our household. Uh, you know, and again, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, that's what it, that's the way it is. That's the way uh, we, we live our lives to give glory to God. Because, again, it's not about us, but it's about we want to set the right tone and example, uh, not for uh, us or for the church, but for God. We want to give God glory. Uh, and so when, uh, uh, when the attention that we are commanded to draw is to God to reflect his glory, uh, our opinions and our wants get in the way. It, it often is for our own glory. Um, and uh, Exodus twenty twenty four, an altar of earth that shalt make unto me and shalt sacrifice thereon thy burnt offerings and thy peace offerings, thy sheep and thine oxen, and all the places where I record my name, I will come unto thee and I will bless thee. And if thou wilt make me an altar of stone, thou shalt not build it of hewn stone. For if thou lift up thy tool upon it, thou hast polluted it. And uh, building altars in the Old Testament, uh, God just says, grab a rocks, grab rocks from the ground and put it together and build. And that's, that's the altar, the way it is. If you put tools to it, if you cut it up, straighten it out, make a nice straight rectangle, make it look nice. Uh, we're doing that for our for our sight because God God wants the rock the way it was made. He made the rock, and we take the rock and polish it up. And He's like, uh, "What'd you do with my rock?" 
and so if we are to be a living sacrifice, if we are lively stones, if we are, uh, if we are an altar unto God for God's glory, then shouldn't the same principle apply uh, here in this situation that uh, we, we shouldn't touch it with any tools? Or nowadays you got all, all these makeup and all, all these uh, things, as we talked about last week, um, uh, isn't that affecting the way the altar looks? Because I think God uh, knows uh, how to make things good, and he made us the way he wants us. Uh, and so we're putting tools upon ourselves, and uh, as Exodus says, and we're polluting uh, the altar. And so First um, Peter 2 and 5, ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. And so again, we don't want, I don't want to pollute the altar because that means the, uh, the sacrifice is not going to be accepted. A lot of things are going to go wrong if the altar is polluted because of actions and things that we have done to it uh, when it doesn't have to be that way. Uh, and so people think that apostolics are shackled by all these rules of holiness and ways to live. But uh, you know what the, the problem is, is it's not with the dress. It's not with the holiness in itself um, because they'll conform to their job standards of living and, and standards of dress. They'll let the jobs tell them what to wear and not what to wear. So they don't really have a problem with standards, do they? Uh, and so um, they are okay with what the world tells them what they should wear. Um, and they are fine with the world telling them uh, how you should look. But now once the church says this is what you uh, should wear or should not wear, now all of a sudden there's a problem and, and how, how dare you tell me what I can wear or cannot wear. You know what their issue is, is, is really they don't have an understanding of what's on the inside of us. How can we expect uh, the world to understand our way of living if they haven't spoken in tongues and been filled with the Holy Ghost? It's a completely different world. We're, we're completely different people. We're transformed. We're not the same that we used to be. We can't expect this thinking, our thinking, uh, the, them to think the same way. It's not going to work because it takes the Spirit of God to transform us and, and renew our minds and to put on the mind of Christ. We're supposed to be walking around with the mind of Christ, and everyone else in the world has the mind of, of the world uh, two minds are not going to think alike, and, and so we can't expect them to understand the way we're thinking. If they have a truly do have a desire to learn and more, uh, learn more of it and understand it, then hey, the Spirit of God will draw them in. That hunger will will God will God will use that hunger and, and will feed them and lead them the truth and uh, revelation and understand. And once they get it, they understand. But most people don't understand it, and they criticize what they don't understand. They fear what they don't understand. It all comes down to understanding. And if you're not, if they're not going to take the time to sit down and do a Bible study or read the Word of God or or understand all that, then there's not really. It's going to be uh, not much common ground there, because we live our life by the Bible, and, and the, if they don't care about it, then again, that's two totally different paths. And so. Uh, what, a, what a privilege it is 
to be able to be filled with this Holy Ghost and to have the Spirit of God inside of us and that he decided, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to place my spirit inside Phil and it's on me to say, whoa, what an opportunity, what a, what a blessing, what, a, what, a, what an outcome that I, I have, what an opportunity that I have to uh, have God's Spirit inside of me. I should protect this. I should want to fight for this and to cover it and to keep it uh, from getting polluted from the things of this world. And not that uh, the Spirit of God can get polluted, but our, our bodies and our minds and our hearts can get polluted and revert back to the ungodliness uh, that causes that separation from God. Uh, and so the glory is passed down to you and me on the individual level. And so when someone is the head, that the glory, uh, it means that the glory of God is passing through them onto somebody else because the head is going to watch over the glory. And so Jesus is watching over the church. He's the head of the church. He's watching for the glory. It's, it's passed through them, and he's passed it on to somebody else. He's passed it on to you and me. And so God is the head of Christ, which is the resting place of the glory of God. It's God. Um, and so Christ now is the head of the church, uh, meaning that the, the resting place uh, of the glory of God is, is now um, moved into the church. Uh, and so 1 Corinthians 11 and 3 says, I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ. So the head of man is Christ. So that means the glory of God is passed through Christ uh, into the man. Um, and so now man needs to be a protector and a keeper of the glory of God uh, because God, Jesus, is watching over how we're living. He said, if I'm going to give you my spirit, uh, that body's now mine. Uh, you're not your own now, and I'm going to watch and see how, everything, how you act, how everything you do. Uh, and so we now need to be the protector and the keeper of the glory of God, and how do we do that? We do that with our lifestyle. Everything we do, we do in the name of the Lord, right? Uh, and so First uh, Timothy 2 and 8 says, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting, in like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but which... Uh, but which becometh women professing godliness unto good works. And so uh, here we are, uh, we're commanded to, uh, uh, our lifestyle is, is, is going to be protecting the glory of God that's inside of us. And, and how, how do we do that? Um, uh, men are told to pray everywhere and to lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Uh, that's, a, that's a way that the men... Uh, glorify God. And so to lift up holy hands means, obviously, you haven't committed any sins. And if you've observed uh, every uh, sacred duty, that is uh, the call and responsibility of men is to have holy hands, to lift up holy hands. And by doing that, we are guarding the glory that God has placed inside of us. Lifting up holy hands, that uh, it, it's more than just a few words, it's more than just a song, but uh, to understand what having holy hands means, it's a lot heavier than we probably realize. 
to lift up holy hands means we haven't there's no sin in these hands it hasn't done sinful deeds or actions and so because uh, holiness uh, principles deal with more of our creation the the way that men and women were created uh, is more about that than what our culture says God's not concerned with what our culture says because the culture changes all the time. Uh, God established everything uh, in, in creation. This is the way things are. And so our culture now says that uh, a man can wake up one day and say he's a woman. Creation doesn't say that. So God is not concerned about what culture says. Cultures are uh, different for every part of the world. And so uh, God established his laws and his ways and his ideas and his principles when he made everything. And so creation declares the glory of God and his will. Uh, And so um, God's word emphasizes them differently for women and men. And so, again, it goes back to creation. Men were created uh, differently than women. Uh, and so that's the way it is. And so uh, the reason there seems to be more external standards for uh, women is because that God created men and women differently. Um, and, and I know that's not, that's not popular to say now, uh, that men and women are different. The world's trying to say that we're the same. We can just switch places. Uh, and so, uh, for example... Um, Men are stimulated by sight. And so that is why Jesus said in Matthew 5, 28, Whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. He's talking about men. He's not talking about women. Of course, I guess it can apply nowadays. As, as messed up as it is, uh, it applies to everybody now. A man is always attracted to women, uh, a woman physically before he really connects to her uh, emotionally. Uh, and so uh, that is why uh, uh, we are different and things uh, affect us differently. And so while a, a woman is commanded to appear a certain way, as we saw in Timothy, um, a modest apparel, shamefacedness, and sobriety, uh, uh, a lot of the standards we talk about uh, concerning women are uh, external appearances. Uh, and, and again, it's because uh, men are made a different way than women. And so we are attracted to the external. We look upon the outside. And so while a woman is commanded to appear uh, holy uh, so that the man is not affected or becomes a stumbling block and, and, and goes down, uh, a path he shouldn't go down. The man is commanded that he needs to act a certain way. Women's, women look a certain way and obviously act a certain way, but men uh, uh, also mainly are to act a certain way so that the woman is not affected. Uh, and so women's prob- primary uh, areas of holiness deal with uh, adornment, uh, apparel, and attitude. In in the Bible, as we've been talking about, adornment, apparel, and attitude. Uh, Man's uh, areas of holiness um, are uh, appetite, uh, our our desire, what we have, what we desire after, uh, 
not really just not food, but lust or a desire to achieve, a desire to do things, and uh, a desire to compete and all these things. Um, and, and so um, that is where we have to be careful of. Um, also, as, as Timothy says, that affects lifting up holy hands. You gotta, we got to have right, uh, a holy, holy desires if we're going to lift up holy hands. You can't lift up a holy hands if you don't, if you don't desire godliness and, and the things of righteousness, right? Uh, and so we can't uh, get so caught up in everything else and, and just come into church and just uh, lift up holy hands. Are, are we really lifting up holy hands at that time? How have we been living all week? How, what, are, what have our, been, our desires been all week long? Uh, do we have holy hands outside of church? Uh, and so, again, that speaks to, uh, as Paul is telling Timothy, that speaks to uh, men that pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands. That speaks to how we are to give God glory in all that we do. Um, and so he, he continues writing in 1 Timothy 6, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Having food and raiment, let us be therefore therewith content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. Uh, again, men can get so determined on things. Uh, you know, they're determined to be successful and, and, and build a big company or, or become rich or whatever, uh, whatever uh, set our eyes and our hearts to, uh, we'll, we'll strive everything to do that and, and to reach that goal, regardless of the costs. How many, how many out there rich, rich men have built empires but have lost their family along the way? The desire, they have such a desire and a drive to do that. Uh, and so if we're going to lift up holy hands, we had better have a godly drive and a godly desire to please him, not just to sing a song in church, but all throughout the week and all of our actions and everything that we do is tied back to whether we have holy hands or not. And again, obviously, uh, apply to women as well, but specifically here in Timothy talked about uh, the men are to do that. Uh, and so, what does he say? He says, lifting up holy hands without wrath, uh, without anger. Uh, we can uh, internalize things so much that it just kind of builds up. Uh, we may not appear that things are affecting us, but inside they're just boiling. And at some point, if, if we don't have self-control or restraint, and if we haven't processed this or whatever, we can just uh, lash out in anger and wrath. And again, uh, what is Paul telling uh, Timothy how men uh, are to live? Uh, pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath. And we need to have practice some self-control self -control, um, because wrath and anger can really uh, be, cause a lot of damage. Uh, and so that is on us to also... Uh, do that. Ephesians 4.26 says, Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Uh, and so this was spoken to, uh, directed to the men, obviously, lifting up holy hands without wrath. Uh, maybe Paul knew something about men uh, and how they can act and react to things. Uh, so godly men 
obviously should be uh, without wrath and doubting, or without wrath and anger, and don't let our anger uh, cause uh, sin uh, to happen and sin not. Uh, and so the other issue that we can have uh, that affects men is uh, without wrath and doubting. Doubting, uh, doubting can be uh, tied probably to obviously a lack of faith, but also more along the lines of, of apathy. Uh, we can just stop caring about something. And uh, man, we, we tend to uh, think and, and uh, uh, analyze things and, and uh, uh, be logical about things. And regardless of feelings, we're, we're trying to figure things out. But Christian men must realize that their natural tendencies towards logic or skepticism uh, critical thinking, they serve us well and they do well and, and they help us uh, in this world. Uh, but that really doesn't come into effect. Uh, we got to be careful of that when it comes in the kingdom of God because in the kingdom of God, everything is about, is, is about faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Uh, and so logic is not going to work too well with faith because uh, faith is believing something that you cannot see. Logic likes to see things and figure it out, and so we can we can be maybe we're not we'll never uh, profess that we're doubting, but if if we analyze things too much, there's no faith there because we can't see it or we can't fix it or we can't figure it out. Uh, that's where men can struggle with things, uh, and so uh, uh, we we can we can reason ourselves out of anything come up with all kinds of, this is why we're not do this. We can reason ourselves out of, out of prayer or why I'm not going to come to prayer because uh, this and this. And uh, it's a, in our minds, it's a legitimate excuse. I mean, we can do that. We can figure all that out. And so um, uh, our, our cynicism can become our worst enemy when it becomes our relationship to God because we can uh, try to analyze it's so much and figure it all out that there's no room for God. And then that, uh, and then we're kind of doubting uh, uh, in, in some aspect in our actions because we don't have the faith. Jesus says, if um, uh, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as this little child, he shall not enter therein. And so we have to become like a child who doesn't doesn't know really how to uh, logically analyze things and try to figure things out. They just they they accept things by face value and and, and faith. Uh, and so Paul addresses the men to um, lift up, uh, pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. That means our our minds are made up, our hearts are directed in the right place, and everything that we do is for the glory of God. And so, uh, again, may, uh, Paul ties a man's willingness to overcome uh, this, this characteristic of us. He ties it to his personal holiness. He says that men are to pray everywhere without doubting. In other words... Uh, our faith should be on display publicly at all times. By our actions, our words, our, our, our hands. Uh, it's not to say that women never have problems with inner holiness or that men never have problems with uh, external standards, uh, the way we, we uh, address and appear ourselves. But both men and women, 
Holiness begins on the inside and must be demonstrated on the outside. Uh, and so the way it's demonstrated on the outside can, can be a little different between men, men and women. But ultimately, uh, we are all uh, given God glory with our actions. Or we should be given God glory with everything that we do. Uh, and that includes the way that uh, we dress. Uh, musicians, if you would come. Just as women are to take the lead in matters of external holiness, men must also take the lead um, in the matters of internal holiness. Yet how many times have you seen it reverse where the wife is the only one that's really living for God and yet the man is the head of the house? I'm the head of the house. Well, why is, why is your wife the only one living for God? Something's, something's gone wrong the, uh, some apathy is taken in or doubting or not holy hands, uh, not praying. Uh, and so, or, or why, is, why is the woman the, uh, the, the main prayer warrior of the house? Obviously, we're all called to pray, but if men, we like to get all puffed up about being the head of the house, why aren't we the one praying the most? Is, if, is, why is, if the woman, if our wives are are participating in worship more than we are, why is that? If we're the ones, if we're the head, if we're the, the, the lead by example, why is the women uh, praying more or worshiping more uh, f- uh, for God? Uh, and so it's time, uh, the call for holiness in 2022 is also for men to uh, assume their rightful place in their homes and in the church and in leadership and in worship and in prayer and in witnessing and living for God. All that we do, uh, as much as we want to wear the badge of the head of the house and the head of the home, we should be demonstrating it in our holy hands and our in our praying and in our actions and all that we do and, and not let the women uh, lead us uh, in, in those areas. Because we are uh, the head of the home. Uh, And so holiness is quite often awkward in our culture, but God still commands us to be holy and to be separated. It doesn't matter uh, what kind of movement's going on out in the society. Uh, We have to follow what uh, what the Word of God says, and we are to demonstrate ourselves and to live ourselves and a holy lifestyle that is acceptable and pleasing unto God, which is our reasonable service. So if you stand with me today. Paul writes that I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of every woman is the man. And so it says that the man becomes the head to the woman. And so if, if Jesus is the head of the church, the head of the man, He's, he's looking out for the glory, watching over the glory. And if uh, man is the head of the woman, then it also implies that the glory is passed into the woman as well. And the man should be looking out for the glory in his wife and in his home. But how, how many men are doing that? The glory passes through the man and he's watching over it, assumes a headship a lookout, a, a, watch, a watchman. Uh, and so the glory of God is resting in the woman of our homes. The woman becomes the front and center. 
she becomes the battleground because that is where the God has chosen to be a keeper of the glory is in the woman and in the man and, and, and in the church. And if the woman is the keeper of the glory of God, then she needs to be covered and, and having a covering because uh, God's glory is always covered. 1 Corinthians eleven fifteen. but if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her for her hair is given to her for a covering. And so it was a purpose there. As we talked about it last week, we're covering something. It's not just a, a rule to live by, but we're, we're covering the glory that's inside of us. And the men are to be aheads and watching over, uh, watching over all of this. And as as uh, it, it, we demonstrated in, in the early chapters of the Bible how uh, the man failed Adam failed he was the, he was the head right He's, he was uh, to be watching over this but yet he sat there and he watched a serpent give his wife an apple and ate it he didn't do his job he failed as, as the husband as the, the head of the home and we, uh, we need to be on guard uh, as men of the home and guarding over the glory that's inside of us, but also in our home and in our wives and in our children. Uh, otherwise, we'll wake up one day and we'll realize what happened. Where did everybody go? What happened? Why aren't we, why aren't we going to church or, or why aren't we living for God? Well, let's ask the husband, the head of the home. Uh, and so we all have a responsibility to guard the glory of God because it's inside of us. And so uh, uh, it, it, may, uh, it may fall out in different areas according to men and women, but we're all on guard. The, the battle is uh, with each and every one of us and in our homes and in our lives. Uh, and so we need to make sure that we are fighting for the glory of God. And no matter what that means, uh, we have to stand to fight each and every day. We've got to be praying always. We've got to be watching. We've got to be lifting up holy hands. We've got to be wearing the right things and giving God glory in all that we do uh, because it's, it's not about us. It's about God and what's inside of us. And he decided to give us his spirit and to put his glory inside of us. And so we have to fight the fight, the good fight of faith every single day. Live for God today. Standing against the call Culture, standing against this world, maintaining our separation and holiness, maintaining our modest lifestyle. Doesn't matter what they say. They don't have the Holy Ghost. We have the Holy Ghost. We have to fight for it, to fight to keep it, and that includes every aspect of our lives. Isaiah 43 and 7. Even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. We are all made for the glory of God. For the glory of God, that's it. Close the book. We're made for his glory. And once we receive the spirit inside of us, we really have no excuse left to live a holy life, a righteous life, a determined life, and a life that is pleasing to God. And, and it, it affects every part of our life, and especially that our body is no longer than our own. has been bought with a price. We have a, a duty and a responsibility. And once the hard part is, the hardest part is, is buying into it 100%.
Because if, if you're not completely sold out on holiness and living for God, that's where it's hard. Because you're still vacillating. You're still going back and forth. There's still always a struggle. But once you make up your mind and in your heart, I'm living for God no matter what, the battle's over. It's, it becomes easy to live for God. It becomes a blessing and the favor of God opens up. Why? I'm sold out. I'm giving God everything. I'm giving Him back my heart and my mind and, and my body. It's no longer a fight. It's no longer an issue. Why? Because I was made for the glory of God and I want to give Him glory. Amen. Let's worship the Lord tonight. Let's give him glory, not just in word and deed and song, but in our lifestyle each and every day so that we can come in here and lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting and presenting ourselves a living sacrifice. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you for your covering. Thank you for your glory that you rest inside of us, God. Help us, Lord. the truth and sell it and we're not going back there is nothing hallelujah Jesus we want you Jesus
can we give him praise hallelujah jesus lord we thank you lord for your word we thank you for the truth that it speaks god help us to align ourselves with your word god and give you praise and glory in all that we do god because we were made to give you glory help us jesus to be a keeper and a protector and a coverer of that glory and all that we do each day in jesus precious name amen god bless you all you're dismissed tonight let's go and fight for the glory keep the glory of god in our lives and shine